Always Asia Podcast. The Always Asia Podcast. The Always Asia Podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Always Asia Podcast. I'm Asia Sanders, and like always, I hope everybody is having a fantastic day. Me? Is that what you're asking? You're asking about me? All right, I'll tell you. I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Um, my anxiety has been a little up. My hands have been really sweaty. Y'all know how I get. Um, and uh, I've been doing nothing about it. So um, that's that. I went back to work on Monday and I was actually really happy to see everybody. I was like, hey, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? And Let me just say this. Let me say this. I like my job. I like my job because um, I like the people for the most part. I feel like we're we're like all like siblings. Like we like each other. Like we can we we fuck with each other. We have each other's back. Nobody better say anything. Like when customers be talking shit, everyone's like, oh, like well, we're down a customer's throat. However. We be getting on each other's nerves. We be getting on each other's nerves. My boss, nice lady, most of the time. And that's what the problem is. She's nice. She's cool. She's kikiing with me one day. And then, like, we'll, like, completely switch up and be, like, we'll, like, go out of her way to be, like, rude. Like, extremely rude. And... And guys, you know me, you know me with the attitude. I could get with the attitude. I could get with the neck. Y'all know how I get with the neck. Y'all know what I, the, the swivel, the finger, and we, we just go at it. We go at it. And what she does is I can respect someone that has an attitude. And when someone has attitude back to you, then they're like, they're, they're ready to go back. You know what? The back and forth. What I do not respect is starting a problem and then acting like the victim afterwards i do not fuck with that i do not do that i don't like that i call that the white woman syndrome because a lot of white women like to do that they like to provoke people and then when someone you know says something back they're like oh what are you talking about what, 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 what's, what's going on what did i do what, what are you talking about and that's what she does. And I'm like, listen, don't gaslight me like that. I don't fuck with that. I feel like a lot of other races do that to black women. I don't like it. To try to make us look like we're the aggressors, I don't fuck with that. So like that gets me even more mad that she does that. And I'm like, you know what? But most of the time, we're really, really cool. Like she's extremely smart. So she puts me on to a lot of the shit. Um... You know, she's experienced a lot, you know, so she's, you know, she's a um, Latina woman. She's, you know, very beautiful. But when she has those days, the day, mm, it's, it's a, we go at each other and then I have to be called in the office. It's like a big deal afterwards. It's, but you know what? I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I talk about my job every fucking episode, but that's where I'm at. And um, that's just that's just my reality. Let me just say that. Um, 
you know how like the last episode I was saying that I felt like I was living the life of an influencer and all that you know what I mean like I was just like I'm really like podcasting and you know getting money because I was getting the PTO and getting paid for it you know and then like when I went back to work I'm just like wow like I really am doing like both of this shit and then I'm going to uh, start school on the 24th God willing the 24th um but uh because I'm waiting for like this financial aid shit. Do you know what they're trying to do? Okay, so y'all know that I've been in community college for four, 14 and a half years. And um, through the 14 and a half years, um, I've like, you know, you know, took some classes and then like a semester like would like take a break and then take two classes, take a break, take three classes. So this is my last round. Like I'm taking three classes and then I'll be I'll have my um, AA so these are the last three classes that I just signed up for just recently and keep in mind majority of the classes that I've taken I've paid out of pocket because I wasn't accepted for um, grants uh, because I made too much so I had to take out a loan and I didn't want to do that so I just paid a lot of my classes and them niggas is really trying to say oh you took too many even though we didn't fucking pay for it but what's going on now is I've taken too many credits. <laughs> this bitch said, you've got 4,000 credits. She said, you could have had your bachelor's degree. Like I've taken too many credits. And that's because like I've failed like a couple of them and then, um, but retaken them. And, I, and they're counting the failed too. And I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. So I thought like it would just like, it overlapped when I just retook it and passed it. But apparently it's it's not so um I have to do this like appeal uh letter that says like listen this is the reason why I haven't graduated yet even though I've taken four million classes um four million credits and I, I had to write this whole fucking sob story it was true it was a true story like I was just saying like I had to work very early and then um you know so I wasn't taking as much classes and then when I would you know what I mean and then I would fail them <laughs> and um uh and I was just letting them know that, like, you know, I was helping my mom with my siblings, my dad, the whole story. But, you know, you know, a whole fucking seventh Evan ass episode. So um, that's what I was doing. And uh, that's I wrote that letter and I sent it off. So hopefully uh, they approve my financial aid so then I could just um, uh, take my classes and graduate and hopefully go to ASU and you know I feel like I have my brain together a lot more than I've had before and um, that just always raises a conversation about like should people start going to college a little early, uh, a little later because you know right after high school you already have that pressure to go to college like right when you t um, like graduate it's like where are you going you know and um uh on a podcast I was listening to they were saying like should people like just like not be able to go to college until like 21 because that's like when you know when you have a better sense of who you are you know you had a little time between school to kind of figure things out um and I think that's like a a good I mean um question like should people like really just hold off until they really know what they're doing because you know you build up all this debt and then you're like, <sighs> but thank God I had like somewhat of an idea of what I wanted to do. And also thank God I went to community college first. So, um, you know, so, you know, I'm not 
taking out loans up the ass. So that's that's what's really dope. So um yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, this week, we're going to have a guest join the Tweet of the Week again. Um, I think this one's going to be pretty interesting. Um, so uh, I'll be right back. Action. Okay, so sorry, I had to check if it was recording. All right, guys, so we're going to welcome Miss Jessica Blanco to the Always Asian podcast again. Hi. <laughs> Literally, your parents set your life up very well with your name. You have to be famous. <laughs> and don't forget about me, sis. Girl, I don't just got go- a nameplate that says Blanco, so I'm ready. I'm ready. Your name. Who wants to sign me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your name sounds like it could be in like bright lights like welcome jessica Blanc. You're like, <laughs> like a billboard you have the I'm best lying. name i'm like damn my mom used to always say that about me she's like your name your name the way it's spelled it looks like it could be in like lights but like jessica the way i, I just see it i see it <laughs> we have to make it, it happen <laughs> you girl when i become famous i'll give you a shout out give me a fucking shout out girl Asia, don't forget about me, me. Yeah. Don't, don't forget about me <laughs> <laughs> all right so you were joining us for the tweet of the week and i'm sure you've uh read this tweet because it like really went viral but like i'm just gonna repeat it and then we're gonna go from there okay mm-hmm. so this is um about a story a girl who um ghosted her boyfriend of five years um i came over to his house one morning to surprise him with a breakfast and a video game he wanted only to find him naked asleep and with his ex curled up in his arms. He didn't hear me come in, so I closed his bedroom door and left his breakfast and game on the kitchen counter along with my key to his house. I went to my car, deactivated my Facebook, and blocked him on all other platforms of my social media. I I then called my phone provider to change my number before driving off. I texted my family members and close friends that we were no longer together and to block him on all social media as well. I didn't tell them why. I was in a position to end the lease at my apartment early and I started a new job in a different city later that week. I completely removed myself from him and I didn't offer a shred of explanation or um, opportunity for dialogue. I disappeared from his life after his betrayal. And I think it'll not only help me to focus on myself without his presence, but I think completely shutting myself off from him will hurt worse than anything when he thinks on how good he had it with me for five years. Wow. My question to you is, have you ever left somebody without any explanation, whether it's a friend, family member, or boyfriend? Mm-hmm. so no <laughs> I love dialogue personally I love to <laughs> let people know how I'm feeling okay and mostly if I have a relationship with them I feel like I owe them that yeah and also I just like dialogue in that way but uh-huh. wow that takes a lot of courage what she did it's like amazing like it's so powerful yeah I'm like amazed yeah so when I was looking through the comments a lot of people were really concerned about her and how she um takes relationships and takes um takes hurt because um they find found it um concerning at the fact that Mm -hmm. she could just up and leave somebody um 
without any type of explanation, without any type of... Um, I think what he did just kind of like set off everything. Like there's no more explanation from him that you need to hear. You saw yeah. it right in front of you. Like mm-hmm. she saw it right in front of her eyes. There yeah. was nothing else that could be... Yeah. There's no if, what, um, sorry, like the sorry is not going to help. It's just going to make her feel even worse so Mm -hmm. she just picked herself up like you said and just walked away yeah so I think she just put herself first and at the end of the day that's what we always do like what that's what we should do that's what we should do because it was a five-year relationship yeah like imagine you just walk in and you see that oh my god it's like so painful she doesn't describe the pain that she went through she just tells you like the actions that she did so exactly people people think that she didn't have any emotions because they just read what happened but exactly she was she was probably going through so much mm-hmm. but then she still decided to put herself first so i love that yes yeah. yeah and the fact that the matter is is that like if she gave him an explanation that would be something that um that's a gift from me to you i'm not obligated mm-hmm. like lately i've been um really uh concerned about how people think a lot of people feel obligated to things when they're not Mm -hmm. you're not obligated for explanation when you do someone dirty you're not you're not yeah Yeah. so um that's what made me think about uh closure me and my Mm -hmm. girlfriend were talking the other day and I was kind of like I thought it was black and white I I was saying I don't believe in closure I don't Mm -hmm. believe that you have to like have some type of sit down and talk with whoever hurt you to move on with your life Mm -hmm. I really don't and I think a lot of people feel like they have to to move on and like And that's what's going to be hurtful because not, not everybody is going to tell you, hey, I'm a shitty person and I'm not going mm-hmm. to change. So this is it. Not a lot of people are, are going to say that. So you have to that's, take it upon yeah. yourself to really accept that. To give your own closure, if anything, because I feel like at the end of the day, people want closure because they want reassurance. Reassurance that whatever you had with that person was meaningful. You want to hear it from them. You want to hear that they felt they, they, that they know that what they did was wrong, but 10, like nine out of 10 times, people don't even recognize that their patterns or whatever they did to you was wrong until they're confronted with something else. And then that's when they realize that that is wrong, but they are usually not going to give you the closure that you always dream of. Cause I've been in situations where like, I'm like, Oh my God, I want closure because you know, this person hurt my feelings and I want to understand them. Cause I'm always trying to have that dialogue, you know, like, why did you do this? You know, I thought we had something meaningful. Like you said this, but it's just not, it's just not realistic. Like mm-hmm. what they did at the end of the day, just like the tweet that you mentioned, their actions speak louder than any words that they could say. Yeah. People do what they want to do. And if they hurt your feelings, that's just how they are. And you just have to take it exactly. how it is. and move forward with your life you don't need the reassurance you don't need them to tell you you meant something to me just be happy for whatever happened and then just move forward just okay they broke that chapter with you and just like keep it pushing yeah yeah and especially if they're not trying to give it to you like I used to um I used to beg uh for closure like when it came to my relationship with my dad I wanted him to change and um and realize the hurt that he had caused me and return that just made me it would make me so 
angry. I'm usually Mm -hmm. not an angry person. Like I don't really like go off, go crazy. But for some reason, when I thought about everything that I experienced with my dad, I would just be enraged. Right. So uh, say that again. What, what made you angry? Like Um, specifically or what? Yeah. Just like just how things happened in my childhood and how I felt like he wasn't sorry if he didn't change. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can't be Mm -hmm. sorry if you're not changing. Yeah. And um, I experienced that anger with my mom as well. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why can't you guys just change? Like, if you say you love me, if you say, you know what I mean? Why can't you just change? And I had Mm -hmm. to just sit down with myself and be like, listen, like, you're the only one that's suffering through this. They're having a good Mm -hmm. time. They're having a good time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I had to be like, okay, Asia, um, you have to move on. You have to move on Mm -hmm. and accept people, accept these two people for who they are. Not specifically saying like, accept them in a way like, um, just accept abuse from them. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. just accept who they are and um, and move on. So I had to get that closure for myself because neither one of them said, listen, Asia, I'm not going to change. I am, neither one of them said that. They continued to make me believe that things were going to change, things were going to get better and they never, they didn't. So um, I had to come up with a way that I- Did they apologize to you ever like directly? um... My dad, yeah. My dad would just like continuously apologize. Yeah, like- Okay. And um, specifically with my dad, it was just, it was um, alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. And- um, uh, when I started to really understand how addiction worked, that's when, when I started to um, forgive and um, really um, and get that closure that I needed. That you know what, this is what like understand are. their behavior exactly. and kind of like mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. out of your hands to stress about it's things out of like my that. hands exactly. So um, what are ways or what has been a way, whether it's been um, good or bad that you've given yourself closure when you knew that you weren't going to get it from somebody else? Wow. (laughs) That's a really hard question. (laughs) You know, oftentimes because, oh, it's like, it's like a good thing and a bad thing. I try to understand where people come from. Uh Like after I let the anger out, the sadness out, I think of it kind of like rationally, like, okay, why did this person do this? Why do they act this way? And I try to really understand and that's how I get my closure in a way Uh I kind of give them like I put an excuse for their behavior so I just so I can understand it in my head and then therefore I can come to like oh okay they did this because of this it's nothing personal most like oftentimes people don't do things intentionally to hurt you correct correct so I think it's just an issue of their own um I wish that people would vocalize that to make like us the hurt person feel better anything yeah um but, but you're, you're like not gonna always times exactly you're not gonna get that so that's why that's what helps me just rationalize their actions and kind of like understand where they're coming uh-huh. from that doesn't mean that I forgive them and I'm like okay forgive and forget you know yeah. Yeah. I still have like I still remember what they did I just kind of I don't stress about it anymore I'm not looking yeah. for communication with that person anymore because it's like okay I understand why you did this I don't need to know anything else I kind of yeah. give myself that closure so uh-huh. I feel like when I start trying to understand why someone did something I 
come up with excuses for them and I just accept them back into my life. So yeah, yeah. just like you said, it could be a good and a bad thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just, you can understand and, and move on. But mm-hmm. like, sometimes I'll be like, okay, so he did this because like he was abandoned as a child. And yeah, I go all the so way back. <laughs> me and his life. So here Literally, I Literally, uh, I hate, you know what? Women do this all the time. Why do we do this for men? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen a man think about a, a woman. Like, when they get hurt in middle school, they, like, fuck, I mean, they, like, mess up right. every other relationship afterwards. So, you know yes. what I mean? So, it's, like, yes. they get hurt once, and then they're, like, nah, I'm not going to uh, mess with bitches I'm anymore. I'm in my 40s, blah, blah, blah. and I'm still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, it's, like, they don't think about, like, that in depth of the person that they care for. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's why, I don't know. Yeah, like Why did you do that. Yeah, I know. Um, fuck. <laughs> I I would get. I usually got get my closure is just by like. And this is kind of bad, but I pretend the person doesn't exist anymore. Like I literally, literally, like I tell my friends, I tell my family, I tell um, whoever's around me. Don't say this person's name. This person's name mm-hmm. should never be brought up. Um, yeah. I block the person. I block them from all social media. All I do what Homegirl did. Like that's how I. <laughs> you just ooh, peace out. Yeah, I, yeah. I peace out. Like because I just feel like oh oops. I feel like he knows what he did. So yeah. if he's trying to go search for her throughout the country and shit like that, you know what you did. So you mm-hmm. don't really need my explanation. However. So when I was talking to my therapist about how I cut communication off with people, she said, yeah, that's cool and all, but like, where are you defending yourself in this situation? Are you're just trying Mm. to avoid confrontation and that's not okay as well. And I was like, I think it's case by case. It depends how things turn out. So depending on how bad that person hurt you. Yeah. Like, like, for example, if it's like a family thing with like your parents, I feel like that's something that you could probably talk about, you know, that's like your, your dad, your mom, whatever. Yeah. But if it's a, like a romantic relationship or a yeah. friendship and they do you dirty, I don't feel like you have to necessarily seek, um, closure because you don't need that relationship per se i don't know if that makes sense mm-hmm. like you, you don't need that connection so why even like defend yourself when you have seen that that person disrespected you with their actions yeah like it depends on the actions that the person did like if they disrespected you you kind of have to, to like, wait yeah away. you don't have exactly. to defend anything because they already disrespected you they already treated yeah. you some type of way they made you feel some type of way yeah. and the thing is like for her it was a five-year relationship and she got cheated on she saw it yeah. It, there's probably things in the past that led on to that. Thank you. You know I what I mean? This is so, the first time. Yeah. If it, yeah. it was the first time and she just walked away and didn't even say anything, like that's weird. But see, you don't hear that. It's a five year relationship. He probably did a lot of things yeah. that led up to this. So she was just like fed up. She's like, I don't need yeah. I don't need to hear anything else. I don't need yeah. to hear your apology. Yeah. And like walked away and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think I just had I have a long record of just letting people do shit and not really say anything and just be like, like, so before when I was younger, um, Mm -hmm. I would just let people just like fuck with me all the time, all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. I would just let people like put their hands on me in school, um, Mm -hmm. say like just fucked up shit to me. 
and just let it pass. And my mom used to get on me so much. She's like, Asia, you need to defend yourself, get your shit together. Like I used to get in trouble going back to school and I would tell my mom that some of the shit that would happen and she'd be like, okay, so what did you do? Oh, here uh-huh. goes my mic. Oh my God. You know what guys? <laughs> One day. She's <laughs> <laughs> like a little static. I think too. it's, I, I uh, say that again. Oh, no, no, no. It's just the mic. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, she used to get on me a lot about not defending myself. And I'm like, okay. So then in turn, uh, in return, I would just, okay, if you're going to be disrespectful to me, then I'm just not going to be your friend anymore. If you're going to be disrespectful to me, I ain't going to kick it with you anymore. But I know for a fact I was avoiding confrontation. Like, I don't like the whole, Mm -hmm. like, you hurt my feelings conversation. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) Is it because you don't like to give them that power or is it because you don't want to go through the feelings again? Why, why do you do that? Oh, wow. I, that's a good question. Cause I think it's both. I don't Mm want to be hurt again. I don't want to bring up, um, being hurt. And Mm -hmm. I, yeah, again, I don't want to, I don't want to give them that power because I've had this thought of like, when someone knows that they've hurt you, they, um, will continue to do it. I always mm. thought that. I always felt felt that way. Like if they know that if you're, you if you allow them to in a way, if you allow them back in your life. So I guess yeah. I guess I I understand. I understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would always say like, oh, if someone like bothers me, I try to ignore it because if I pointed out that it bothers me, if I make them feel some type of way, they're gonna do it again and then again. So I'm just mm. you know what I mean. But anyways, um. But now I'm trying to get to the point where like I am more confrontational. So if I don't feel like you're being respectful towards me, I'm going to let you know. Do you do and, that with everyone or do you do that with specific uh, relationships that you care for? Um, everyone. everyone. Okay. Yeah. I think <laughs> a lot of the things that I do now is like paying the young me back you know what I mean like girl I used to be like that too when I was little I wouldn't stand up for myself because I thought I don't want to I don't want people to get mad at me you know I don't want an argument I don't want anything like that so I would just kind of like let people do whatever they needed to do and like just kind of like get sad on my own exactly as I got older I was like you know I need to stand up for myself and like do this and that but oftentimes Mm -hmm. I feel like you get when you stand up for yourself a lot of people look at you like you're a bitch or something have you like and I'm like what is this like I, I get seen as a bitch when like I like tell you my feelings and then I get seen as like a bitch again because I let you do whatever you want with me so it's like it's a lose it's like so overwhelming it's a lose lose specifically mm-hmm. with women um yeah yeah mm-hmm. like I just accepted the fact that like I'm going to be considered a bitch to people who don't defend themselves as well or people who don't value me because mm-hmm. there have there has been a lot of times that I've told someone like okay, no, you're not going to do this anymore. You used to be able to do this in the past, but you're not going to do this shit. Like not mm-hmm. specific, specifically like that, but yeah, around that. And they've been like, and specifically, honestly, the only pushback I've gotten is from my family. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. any pushback from my friends that I've said, uh-uh, girl, no, 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 I'm not playing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and there's not a lot of things that I don't play about. There's really, I'm telling you right now, there's not a lot of things I don't play about. There's like probably Mm. a couple. 
And mm -hmm. um, which most people don't cross, but my family, they love crossing my line. They love it, girl. Oh my and God. they love it. And, but when I say, yeah, but when I say, no, you're not going to do this to me anymore. It's like, you think you're too good for us. You think oh you're too God. good for me. You're bougie. You're, and I'm just like, no, I just like to be respected because I respect you. You know yeah, what I mean? Boundaries are always good regardless of their family, their friends. They need to respect what you're saying. Exactly. Like, we're all, what was the tweet that everyone's saying? Like, what, you changed or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was like, what happened? Like, before you used to let me say this, and now you're like, nah. But why do you <laughs> want to disrespect me? Why is something you, mm -hmm. why is that something you want to do? Mm -hmm. I just don't get it. Have but, you asked uh, them that? So confrontation with my family, I feel, is something that I am really um, hesitant towards because I really, I value my family. I love my family. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and you I think just that it would ruin the relationship in a way or what, what are you scared of or what's the... Um, I don't know. I think I'm scared of, I don't like the feeling that someone thinks that I think that I'm too good for them. I don't okay. like that feeling. And that's what so, a lot of people use against you when, um, when uh, you're just trying to like progress in your life. Yeah. If you think you're too good. And I don't like that. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Cause I'd never want anybody to feel like I think I'm too good. But that, but that's not even your fault though. That's yeah, their own not. set of insecurities because yeah, they, they see that you are like, you know, getting more intelligent or on X, Y, Z, or like what, learning whatever, more about yourself. Yeah. You're going to therapy. Like, you know, you're learning patterns and things and you are like wanting to help them sometimes. Yeah. And when they don't see it, they just get like, instead of wanting to learn, they just get offended. Cause that's like, they take it personal. Yeah. I don't. So how don't do you deal that. with, um, with confrontation with family members? I know that's what I talked about on my on a couple episodes ago i have a lot of family members not a lot but i have a couple fam family members blocked like there's mm. you can't ever i can't you will never see me again so how do yeah. you deal with it? it it all depends so i'm like much closer to my like nuclear family like mom dad sister yeah uh with like uncles and grandparents i kind of just keep it very shallow in a way like oh okay birthday christmas cute you know um <laughs> i have two i'm um, actually i'm not gonna say that I have like different accounts on Facebook because I don't want to see their like religious things, you know, mixed with my <laughs> friends things, girl. I wasn't going to say that, but I just did it. <laughs> people, people don't know that I have two Facebooks. Okay. But yeah, it's because of that reason. <laughs> like, I don't want people to be commenting on my like post of me showing like my cleavage and, you know, I just don't, I, I would really? rather not do that yeah. because, and you know what, my family, when we have like Thanksgiving or like Christmas and things like that, they know I'm very progressive. Yeah. So they don't even start it. They don't, they know to be quiet yeah, when continue. it comes to like things like that. So, uh -huh. but when it comes to my nuclear family, um, confrontation. So my mom has always been like the type of person that doesn't like to argue. So yeah. like if she does something wrong, I kind of like tell her and she doesn't apologize to me. She kind of like pushes it aside. So yeah. it's kind of like, oh, we have like an argument and then um, 
we kind of like just like do like go our separate ways yeah and then the next day she expects me to be back to being fine so yeah. there's no communication in that way yeah. my dad is the other way yeah. so I grew up with like very weird uh, viewpoints when it came to like confrontation and arguments yeah um but as I've gotten older I've tried to communicate better with them when things like don't go the way that I want them to but what I've realized is that since they have like different viewpoints as immigrants and as like they're older yeah. I try to come to their own terms so they don't feel attacked does that make sense yeah. like like I try to make the issue that I'm having very yeah. understandable for them yeah instead of me just like attacking 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 because yeah. I've realized that sometimes when I'm angry I like I can be very like I'm direct and uh-huh. oftentimes people can take that as a like rude or like, like yeah. as an attack like as yeah. an attack to their to their self-being instead of me wanting just to like better the relationship yeah so i try to like have like a little intro saying hey you know i'm saying this because i care about you um but this hurt my feelings you know kind of like make it more oh. understanding not even sugarcoating because it is true that i care about the relationship i just want them to not feel attacked because i don't yeah. want them to feel that way yeah so it's just the ways to go about it I feel like communication with like families is like so difficult because they've seen you like when you're little and they've seen you you know grow older and stuff and like I feel like sometimes they get stuck in like a a vision of you yeah so once you get older they don't even know how to treat you sometimes exactly and again it goes back to me understanding the other person's behavior yeah so as I've seen as I know my parents I've realized that it's better for me to communicate with them when I come down to the way that they would understand my issue Uh, better and that's how I'll get to a better conclusion and we can both come to an understanding together yeah instead of just me being angry and like attacking them right away you know what I mean yeah I like that you said um because that's been on my mind as well like how I communicate with people because not necessarily every relationship has to end because of um a disagreement or so you mm-hmm. know what I mean not every really things can be talked out but it seems as though <laughs> a lot of the relationships that I've had that go a little sour I just drop I'm just like fuck it and mm-hmm. I'm not able to communicate and it's because I am a straight shooter boom boom mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. is what happened this is how I feel was good like let's go you know mm-hmm. and um I had uh there's this saying that I heard on a podcast, he said, the, um, the way through two points is straight through. So, yeah. So don't dance around the, the subject. Don't, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's how I always looked at, um, uh, like what you said, like, Oh, I care about you, but that's how I always, that's how how I always looked at it, but that's a good way to go about things, especially if you want the relationship to continue is how you approach problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And See, like, and that's when you, when you have to really like look inwards and think about, you know, I really want my relationship with my mom, for example. So I'm yeah. going to try my best to like understand her because, and, and I can make excuses and say, Oh, you know, she doesn't understand me. She's like this, she's like that. But at the end of the day, what am I doing too? I don't want to put my pride in front of my relationship with my mom. Cause it's something yeah. that I want. So that's why I work harder, even harder to come to like the same, I don't know, try to make her feel better when I'm trying to bring up an issue. And that's something that I don't do with everyone, but it's just with certain people people that I really care about. I like go different ways about it. 
to make it more what's the word like palatable palatable but like palatable you know you know what i'm saying okay palatable whatever it is so i wanted i wanted to be more understanding for that yeah I agree because, um, growing up, like I would always see, like when my parents got into an argument, it was time to pack our bags. Like my mom would always be like, pack your bags. We're leaving. And my dad would be begging for us to stay. It would just Mm -hmm. constantly be that. So I constantly would think that like, okay, if someone does something you don't like, like it's time to go, it's time to bounce. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And damn girl, you're going to make me call a couple of friends. (laughs) <laughs> no see here's the thing you have to because it go it has to go both ways that's uh-huh. also okay. that's Talk also true so with friends I feel like you guys if you guys are about the same age you yeah. know if you guys have been like in a long relationship um it's just different it's just yeah. if, every, every situation is different yes so I feel like it depends on things like that how intense the relationship was yeah how meaningful it was for you yeah um and that's when you have to realize and think about okay do I want this relationship right now like mm-hmm. it worked for me four years ago do I want it now like what purpose is it going to serve in my life and that is kind of selfish to say but it, I mean, it's your life. Like you, mm-hmm. if you want to reconnect with someone from the past, you have to really think about your present and think yep. about how that's going to help you. Do you want to yep. reconnect with the person that treated yep. you this way? Mm, you know, I don't know. Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So have you ever gotten yourself into a situation to where like things went sour with somebody? Um, time has passed. You thought about you guys' relationship. You're like, wow, I really had fun with him or her. And you went back to like the friendship or the relationship and that motherfucker was exactly the person that you left (laughs) no you've never done that no I've never done that no when things end bad I usually um I just take it how it was you know what I mean I give myself the conclusion and then I don't know I haven't reconnected with anyone that has done me dirty like that so we can get back in like a couple months we can check but as of now, like, I remember I had a really bad argument with, like, a couple of friends probably okay. last year in July, mm-hmm. June, July, and it was, like, really bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I wasn't going to be friends with them anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it was over in my eyes. Yeah. So that happened in July. Then we reconnected in December. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is that they realized that what they did was wrong, and I also realized what I did that was wrong. So we got to talk about it. And since yeah. then, I haven't seen those patterns come back from them. So I've seen the change. Yeah. And that's like really, that's really cool to see, you know, because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you know, it's only been like six months. Maybe they're going to go back to being the same person. But I try not to hold grudges either. Like if I forgive you after that time, I'm not holding grudges. Yeah. So in a situation like that, how do you know that it's like safe to go back to that relationship? What do you mean? How do like, you know how it's safe I... to? How do you know it's safe to uh, rekindle that relationship again? How do you? How do you know? Like you know what I mean? Like because you don't know hmm. when you first enter. That's true. Like re-enter, you mean? Like after? Yeah. You yeah. How do you know it's safe? So I just kind of like. <clears throat> well, thankfully with them, we had a conversation and yeah. we talked it out. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any avoidance from them, so it was like very everything was put out. Okay. And basically my closure came, everything came forward. There was nothing that they were keeping. I said what I said, like we brought it all up. Everything was just like clear. 
So I didn't see hmm. any, because if I see people avoiding what they did or kind of just like pushing it off the side or something hmm. like that, then that's when I'm it's like, like no. mm, that, I'm not interested in that because that means that you're still with the same patterns. You're still defending your behavior and I'm not interested in that. Hmm. But if someone comes clean, then I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, cool. Then we're on the same page. Interesting. See, I've never gone back to someone that like disappoints me again. So I don't know. Yeah, I, so I feel like really the relationships, the relationships that I have that I keep are the ones that I actually care about. Yeah. And people that like serve purpose in my life. So I usually don't go back to people that mm-hmm. hurt me and they try to say sorry and then they go, but no, I just don't do that. Thankfully. Yeah. Every relationship that I've gone back to, and I'm not just talking, I'm not specifically talking about. So I usually don't go back to like romantic relationships. Usually when it's done, like done, done, like, you know, we know it's, Mm -hmm. I'm able to move on, but friendships, I'm always sticking my toe back in, even if it's like doggone wrong. And I think, wow, you made me realize a couple of shit because (laughs) what I do is I avoid a lot. Uh, I I avoid the uh, conversation. Like we were just talking about, like, let's just say me and someone fall out. Mm-hmm. How I root a lot of my relationships is through um, laughter, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of my relationships, like the base of our relationship is making each other laugh. Like every okay. friendship I have, like we are always just like weak as fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. so what I do is, um, let's just say I fall out with somebody. We just pick right back up with just making each other laugh. So we never really talk mm-hmm. about why we fell off. We and then you think that that's okay. Yes. So we think uh, everything's okay. okay. Nobody, nobody talks about like why we weren't talking for mad months. Uh, and I see, have a, that's yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like I have a friend that, um, she's so like, we laugh so much together, but we are always falling out girl. Like we'll talk for like mm. five, six months. Then we'll stop talking again for five, six months. And then it's just like on and off, on and off. Mm-hmm. And um, every time it's for How off, long ha- has that happened for? Oh, girl. How long is that relationship? Um, I met her when I was 18, 19. And oh, wow. Yeah, so the on and off has been like a cup or like three or four times. And it's mm-hmm. always a situation, I'm not even going to even get into why, but um, every time we rekindle, it's like we're just getting on the phone and we kiki and it's mm-hmm. never like and it's never like hey Ooh. like you hurt my feelings I'm sorry. who initiates the like reconnection reconnection it's always majority of the time it's me okay yeah always but then you don't like there's no apologies there's no like acknowledging yes. there's no nothing we've never sat down and talked why we stopped talking never not once and that's not okay (laughs) that's not that's not good it's because i feel like because then they're gonna do something that's gonna trigger what they did before and and i keep getting oh that's the reason why yeah you keep getting mad you start thinking oh this is the reason why we weren't even friends like six months ago so yeah like better to just talk it out and like if they apologize to you and they change their behavior then that's cool that means that they value you Mm -hmm. in that way that they value the relationship if they don't even acknowledge it then it's kind of like like oh they think that it's whatever it was whatever for you it didn't hurt your feelings it doesn't matter so they don't even doesn't matter it. so yeah it should be acknowledged if you want to 
if that's a real relationship if it's just like a laugh relationship then that's cool you can keep it like that it's cute cute cute. yeah you know to have people like that like at work i have people that i don't consider my friends but like we can laugh and talk about you know shallow things but it yeah but it stops there's no i don't i don't owe you anything we did we're like cool like that like i just want to keep you like that so So that just, is, you just you just have to think about what kind of relationship you want you guys with do have. xyz uh-huh yeah like oh i want this type of relationship with this person or this relationship with this person you know because then uh-huh. that's when you can nurture the relationships that are meaningful to you mm-hmm. so do you in every like relationship that you had that have has fallen out have you always like had that um yearn for closure from them from the yes. other person yeah and have yes. you always gotten it like, you know, like a sit down and tea time and let's talk about what happened and end or what? No, I haven't. Oh. So for my romantic relationships, I've never gotten closure. Never. Um, and so I had to come to terms with my own, you know, I yeah. had to come with my own closure. Yeah. And like, that's how I figured out that the closure is just like, we just want affirmation that whatever happened, whatever the relationship was, was meaningful for them as well. Because yeah. that's what the that's what closure kind of means yeah. to me at least. Yeah. Like I just wanna I just wanna know that whatever we had was like meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but I've never gotten it, yeah. and that's fine. Like I've just I've come to terms with it. You know, it's like it's okay. You just kind of have to like accept like what what you guys' current relationship is, and what I mm-hmm. do think is the fact that like like I said before, like sometimes you know you. You're, you aren't going to get the closure that you want. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you have to just find it within yourself to just be like, listen, like this relationship, this is what it is. This is what mm-hmm. it's going to have to stay. And a lot of times I feel like people do see closure, but it's not specifically closure. They say it's closure. I feel like mm-hmm. they say it's closure, but it's they really have, They have like, hope. They want to rekindle something. They have hope. Yes. And that's the thing. When you're looking for closure you're kind of like latching onto the idea of that relationship and yeah. if you're still thinking like oh my god i want closure i want closure closure you keep thinking oh, wait my computer you keep thinking um that you might because closure they're gonna give excuses that's what you want and yeah, then you're gonna you say want. oh my god and then you're gonna um like acknowledge that and be like oh my god you know what like they care for me so therefore i should give them a second chance exactly or whatever you want to give them a second chance and that's what you're mm-hmm. yeah that's what you're looking for and yeah. um that's why i think the present is like so important because whatever you guys went through whatever the relationship was that i had with that person like it was cool you know you yeah. can take it for what it was mm-hmm. it was enjoyable just see it as that and then whatever happened that broke it off that that's fine too just take it for what it is move forward and just like live with yourself like you don't need the assurance or like reassurance from them to give you the value of the relationship that you guys had you know what i mean you don't need them to tell you oh yeah i value you for you to say okay he valued me therefore i can move forward yeah you don't need that yeah like if they did you dirty that's enough said that's about them that's not about yes exactly has nothing to do with you and Mm -hmm. um yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I had a friend one time just like disappear, just disappear. We we had been friends for since we were in second grade, and disappear. just like, yeah, girl, literally disappeared. Like, no Facebook, no Instagram, no nothing. And we had been like I said, been friends since second grade, seven, eight years old. Like bitch, like mm-hmm. learn how to read together, like the whole night, and. Mm-hmm. 
out of nowhere, I would say maybe a little less than a year ago, she messaged me and was like, hey, how are you doing? And this has been since um, we hadn't talked since I was like 19, 20 years old. <laughs> so I'm just like, sis, like you, you can't, you can't get, this is not how things go. Like, this is yeah. not how things go. And I was like, and that's what I told her. I said, what's been, where have you been? What's been going on? Like, I haven't gotten a text message from you. I've texted you uh, like every, um, like holiday. Cause we'd always do like happy Easter or whatever. Um, I haven't gotten anything from you. What's going on. And she was just mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot's been going on. And that's all I got from her. And oh. I had to like, literally like it hit, like it, it really hit me in my stomach. Like when she said that mm-hmm. and, and yeah. cause when she had added me on Instagram, like my heart started beating really fast. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'm finally seeing mm-hmm. her. And that's all I got was. So you didn't follow like her family members, nothing like that. There was nothing. Her brother, her brother, but he would hardly post. Okay. so you, And he okay. would never post her. So it was never like. I, I just didn't understand. Like, I was like, what's going on? And she said a lot, a lot had happened. So I'm like, yeah. what happened? Like, what's going on? And she never replied to me. And I had to accept the fact that this is obviously how you want our relationship to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is obviously what it is for you. And mm-hmm. I, it has to be that for me. And exactly. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes she'll message me like, just like slide up on my story, whatever. And I'll just Mm -hmm. really ignore like um, her messages. Cause I'm just like, you know what? If that's how you see me as a person that's disposable, that's not how I see me. So Mm -hmm. we, we, we have something, we have different ways of of seeing me. So (laughs) can't really be, I can't keep it like that, you know? (laughs) It's easier said than done. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when someone (laughs) hurts your feelings, you're kind of like, wow, you meant this much to me. And your actions show me that I meant like this much to you. Yeah. So that's when you have to just like walk away from that because you cannot allow someone like that to even have a space in your mind. Like, because if you're letting them think like, oh my God, I want like um, something from her. Like I want her to let me know what happened Yeah. or whatever. You're just going to keep thinking about it and make excuses for her. And it's just not going to work. And it's going to be repetitive. That's when you, have to, mm-hmm, that's when you just have to move yeah, on and relationships just- like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm not in the business for um, being disrespected on play that shit. Not no more. Not no fucking more, girl. Like not yes. no more. Like I'm done. And then yesterday, <laughs> like yesterday, I was uh, last night. Me and my girlfriend were talking, and we were talking about like what this year has been for us. And um, I was telling her how. I would feel really bad at the fact that I had no friends. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say no friends, a couple friends. Like I'm the type of person, I think I have the uh, personality where like I, I'm cool with everybody. So I'm like, why don't I have a lot of friends? Cause my girlfriend, she has a lot of friends, uh, friends from high school, friends she mm-hmm. just met, friends from, from work. Like she's a very like person that has a lot of friends. So I'm like, what's wrong with me, right? And Mm -hmm. then I got to the point where I'm like, I just don't play a lot of shit. And I think it says it on my face, but the friends Mm -hmm. that I've, the friends that I've um, acquired this year, like you and um, a couple other people, I'm like, damn, like it had nothing to do with me. It's just my standard of friendship. 
Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah, think someone there's is- there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing like, wrong with all. that. Yeah, you like- You shouldn't bring yourself down when you see other people. Sorry. What was yeah, it? no, no, keep on, keep on. What oh, were you saying? That you shouldn't feel bad for having standards for the relationships that you have. Because yeah. you know, I know you've started therapy, so you've probably explored more things about yourself, things that you mm-hmm. want for yourself mm-hmm. with the relationships that you want. So it's like better to surround yourself with people that want the best for you as well. Yeah. Not just like a shallow relationship that's going to leave you or just like yeah. just to laugh about things, which is cute. You know, I think cute. we've talked yeah. about this multiple times. Yeah, Like having re- shallow relationships is cute and stuff, but it's just not something that's gonna make you feel better inside like you're gonna come home and like like when we were talking about your birthday you were like you know I don't want to bother people and that's not like you don't bother anyone when it's your birthday they should prior they should they should think about you your friends should be like oh my god it's Asia's birthday like oh it's Jessica's birthday like that's how you that's how you know that you mean as much to them as they mean to you yeah and that's what I was telling my girlfriend I was just like dude like I don't like forced relationships and like meeting Jessica this year like nothing feels forced Mm -hmm. like it doesn't it feels like just like a natural relationship like hey sis you want to hang out or hey sis you like what's up like (laughs) hey how do you feel like you know what I mean it's just like that and I remember when I would meet people I would be like, oh my God, this is going to be like my new friend. We're always going to kick it. Like, this is going to be so cool. And they'll be on some bullshit or like uh-huh. really not really match like how I, how, just how I like my friendships. Like I like mm-hmm. open, honest f- friendships. I don't mm-hmm. like none of that mass shit. I don't like none of that fake shit. I don't play none of that. And yeah. that's just how I, um, uh, that's how I felt with you. Like everything was just real. Like it was just natural. Like it was just like nothing feels forced. And like, I was like, Mm -hmm. I finally got to the place where I accepted the fact that it's okay. Like you said, to have standards for the people you invite in your life. Yeah, for sure. That's how I felt before about like relationships, because I'm not someone that has dated a lot of people Uh like at all. And then I would see everyone around me like, oh, I went on a date with this guy and this guy and this guy. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, like, am I ugly? You know, I start thinking like, damn. But then I started realizing that like, I want someone that's going to like, give me more than just like looks like I want someone that I can have a conversation with, that I can understand me, whatever it is. So that's when I realized, you know, I have like all of these standards, but I'm not going to lower them to just like be more palatable <laughs> to like mm. more men, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like not realistic. And that's the same thing with friendships. Like, cause sometimes I do feel left out, left out at work. Cause I see people just like socializing with everyone, you know, that's yeah. working. And I'm like, I'm just not like that. Like I like to keep my energy very minimal to the people that I genuinely like. So I'm not going to force anything, Yeah, you know, just to be like everyone else. And that's yeah. when you have to remind yourself like, oh, I have standards and that's fine. Yeah. And like, there's, there's no problem with being that other way. It's just not who yeah. I am. I think this mm-hmm. year has just reminded me that like who you are is okay. And you realize also like when you have low standards or no standards, you'll just invite anybody. Uh, yeah. And yeah. a lot of times that anybody is some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And um, yeah, like I'm okay with having standards now. Like I am perfectly fine with having standards in my friendships. And that's and just- Yeah, with friendships, it's like very important because oftentimes people think that friendships shouldn't have like standards. Like, oh, you know, she's cool. She can make me laugh, whatever. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, it's like no- any other relationship that you have to feed 
into and like they have to help you as well like it's not yeah. just like yeah. anyone and that could enter your circle like that yeah and nowadays i feel like people are just building friendships off of someone that can take cute pictures with you that you yeah. guys look nice in pictures oh my god yes yeah. i've had a friend i had a friend that was like asia let's go hang out with so-and-so and i was like no not no i don't want to and she's like well she has x amount of followers and i'm like <laughs> oh <laughs> So this is how we get down. This is how we get down. That's insane. I've never, I've never heard that before. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I I thought Uh that was something that I would never fucking hear that someone would just keep to themselves. Like, oh, I just want to hear. That's just something you see on like those movies in like Hollywood. They're like, oh my God, he has ex-followers. Yeah, she was dead ass serious. And I also was thinking like, I know people that are in my family uh, and friends that have literally died because of the relationships they allowed in their lives. You know what I mean? I've known people who have, who were this, this way and completely did a, yeah, completely changed because of who they surrounded themselves with. And now they're not here with us anymore. So I take it a little, like a little, like really serious. I take it really, really serious who I allow in my life. Mm-hmm. because because of that because of what i experienced like i know people who have been set up mm-hmm. i know um girl and my mom would always think somebody's trying to set me up because my mom thinks i'm the most beautiful person on the on like on the planet or she thinks i'm just so pretty and that every friend that wants to be around me um they're just trying to be around me to kill me like she she swears to god oh, like, she, oh my god <laughs> you know them, you know on them shows where um like ID network and stuff like that, where yeah. it'll be teenagers, they'll invite a pretty girl to the party and they'll kill her or some shit or beat her up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom yeah. loves them episodes. So she, <laughs> she was like, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> so she swears okay. that's gonna happen to me. So um yeah, and but I know that type of shit happens. Like I do mm-hmm. know, not specifically about like being jealous of you, just people be into some bullshit or don't have good intentions and you end up into some bullshit on, I know people who have gotten on drugs because Damn. not specifically because of, cause I don't like to blame other people, but at the same time, like it just is what it is. Like I know people have gotten yeah. addicted to drugs because who they're hanging out with killed everything. So I just protect my energy a lot. And like I said, like, if I have to cut your mm-hmm. ass off, I'll cut your ass off. Like I have to. Yeah. It but has to I, be done. I think I feel, I feel really bad for people that have like different groups of friends that they have, they feel like they have to entertain. Yeah. Cause then you're like, who is the real you, you know, that they yeah. change with whatever friend that they have or whatever group that they want to feel accepted by. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just sad to see because like you might know the real person that's putting up that front to all those people yeah, I've seen and it. it just makes you feel sad for them it makes me yeah and that's when you know that they, they just seek the validation from whatever other person is like or yeah, group they, of people are exactly like doing for them whatever it is yeah they don't really even know themselves mm-hmm. and that's that that is it's very sad to see i learned a lot you teach me so that's much good. see that's the type of friend oh that God. i was looking for bitch that's what i was looking for <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because like, I'm learning that my delivery is fucking off. Like, (laughs) 
So it's like, I care about you. I value our relationship. But bitch, yeah. you fucked up. No, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, See, it's always good to enter it like that. Because if not, it's going to just become like a whole argument and yelling. Exactly. And you just don't want that. If you can avoid that, you can just have to like intro it, you know, with like really back. cute, like, you know, I care about you. Yeah. And, and like, approach someone the way you want to be approached. Because I know that I cross people. But when I cross people, I don't, I don't want them to come at me like in a disrespectful or an aggressive manner. I just want, let me know. I always say, let mm-hmm. me know. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When I be letting people know, I just be like, like, because I'd be so hurt. I, yeah. I'm so emotional. I'm so fucking emotional. So I felt that, I'm going to yeah. get my shit together. So we're going to wrap <laughs> this up um thank you so much jessica for being with us i appreciate you so thank much you. i'll actually see you later on today but they don't need to yeah. know <laughs> they don't need thank to know you that so much for joining me um guys uh don't forget to follow me on instagram and twitter at always asia with two a's and follow my girl jessica what's your at ma'am blanc 16 b-l-a-n-c 16 you know people think that my name is blanca but it's not blocked. <laughs> it's just my last name. And someone already had Jessica like as a username. So just letting it all out. My name is not Blanca, y'all. Please don't call me Blanca. <laughs> I have people call me Blanca. I'm like, that's not my name. That's and you know, it doesn't help that I got Blanco on my like <laughs> necklace. People are gonna think it says Blanca, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's B-L-A-N-C one six. It doesn't have an underscore at, at the end. On Twitter, it has an on underscore. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. But on Instagram, it's just like that. Yeah. Blanc 16. All right. Perfect. And um, everybody, I hope you have a great day. Jessica, I'll see you later. Yes. And bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to be introducing Sire to the Always Asia podcast. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Um, Before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to thank you for your like vulnerability. I have three younger brothers and I really applaud men who are able to be vulnerable, openly vulnerable and um, just talk about their emotions and stuff because it's a ripple effect. You know what I mean? So like you're uh, like you're freeing a lot of other men. So I want to thank you for that first. For sure. Yeah, that. absolutely. So um, you did a project called um, Therapy Progress Report. I want to ask you what what started this? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you're good. The project's actually called Therapy by Design. You're good. I know I have it. I have the progress report on the left. Oh my God. Um, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. You're fine. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. So okay. it's called Therapy by Design. Therapy um, by Design. And the progress reports are just, um, so when you were looking at the project, I had five different elements that I spoke on, five different topics about myself. And okay. I just did a progress report for each topic, essentially. Okay. Okay. Um, but what brought that about is, I mean, I've been, I'm a graphic designer freelance. Um, okay. I've been doing that since I was in high school. I'm 23 now, finishing up my last semester in college. And um, just, you know, over time, I just realized I have a lot of traumatic experiences from my past and things that I've never really dealt with. Yeah. And, um, you know, therapy was not something that was ever really introduced to me as something that was normal per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, you know, just kind of going through life the way I was going through life, I was like, you know what, this is something I need. But before I even had the opportunity to even look into getting therapy for myself, 
um, I said to myself, well, I'm like, I'm a designer. I'm a graphic designer. You know, I, I, I make things visually. I'm a creative. Like, why not try to find a way to tell my own story so that people can relate to me um, and allow myself to be vulnerable while also giving people more content and stuff since they look to me for that anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, I had the idea sometime last year, I was in Los Angeles with my friends um, on a trip and we were just talking and I was like, guys, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just make a project called Therapy by Design. And they're like, that sounds crazy. And I was like, I know that's the point. And you know, like over the, over the next three months from there, um, like at the top of 2020, I uh, got together with one of my homegirls, uh, Kayla James, she's a really great photographer here in Atlanta. And Mm -hmm. um, she works with me on pretty much all my projects. And yeah, we just rented out a studio for like an hour and a half. Um, I could have directed everything. So I had all the concepts already ready. I had the fits ready and we just knocked it out. And then, you know, I just wanted to post and kind of made everything. Um, And that's pretty much how they came about. Okay. See, so um, you had a a topic about religion that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, Were you using church as a form of therapy? Um, or you know, I, it, it's so crazy. You know, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. Um, I don't want to say that I use church as a form of therapy. I more so look at it from the standpoint of I grew up my whole life in church. Okay. And so based on, you know, the belief system that I grew up in, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my life was shaped based on that. So a lot of things I went through, you know, the answer was always, you know, pray about this or god this or god it was it was always something that that tied back to church and religion and how i grew up um and there have been moments in my life where yeah you know i've been able to take things that you know i experienced in church mm-hmm. and that helped to me in, in a lot of ways um but i never really like looked at church as a definitive source of therapy for me it was just kind of always something that was there so did you always know that you needed more than that for a healthy mind not initially because that's okay. you know that's just what you I, I grew up, up in a Jamaican household. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So okay, okay. Even with that, yeah, even with that, it's just kind of like nobody talks about therapy. It's just like, what is therapy? It's like, no, we're just gonna pray for you and um and pray that everything is better. Yeah. And you know, at a certain point in my life, I was like, that's cool. I was like, I appreciate the prayers, but I'm like, I was like, I need a little bit more like prayer. Okay. It's not helping me right now. Like I need <laughs> something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so let me ask you, why did you choose the picture of Kanye for the other slide of that uh, progress report? Yes. Yeah. So the reason why I chose that is because I remember growing up, um, I was just a really big Kanye fan, you know, before all of the controversy and everything going on with him right now. Um, And I just, I remember the first time I heard Jesus walked. Okay. And it was crazy hearing that song because I'm like, here's this rapper that I like, and I'm a kid, and I'm not supposed to even listen to rap music. And he's making a song called Jesus Walk. That was like the only song I could play with my parents and get away with it and be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a Christian gospel song. So that's cool. And um, I guess just like listening to Kanye over the years and seeing everything he's gone through and the changes. And, you know, there are things that, of course, we agree and don't agree with. Yeah. uh, Respectively and whatnot. But I guess it was the turning point of, you know, last year when he kind of turned his music and pretty much just his whole lifestyle, you know, more so towards being focused on Christianity heavy. That was interesting to me because I'm like, here I am like questioning a lot of things I grew up on in that aspect. And here Kanye is kind of going the other direction with that Mm -hmm. inadvertently. And I was like, it was just a very interesting dynamic because I'm like, 
you know, looking into a lot of what Kanye said. It's, like I said, there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with. Yeah. But, you know, he just kind of had points and he had moments. Um, I remember he was speaking at Joel Osteen's church once last mm-hmm. year. And um, I, I just watched it, you know, just kind of see what he was talking about and saying. And I saw a lot of the transformation that he was going through within myself. Even though the directions mm-hmm. were kind of opposite, I still saw that transformation. So I was like, here's a grown adult, you okay. know, who has reached a pivot point in his life where he's kind of tired of his lifestyle currently the way he's living. And he's changing things based on that. And um, he was just discovering his own truth. And I was like, well, I'm discovering my own truth as well. Okay. And a lot of his music kind of changed my perspective on life though when I was growing up. So now for him to be changing his own perspective, I'm like, how does that affect me? Yeah. Um, you know, even down to the way I dress and everything, like I, I, I'm a diehard Ralph Lauren fan. I got that from Kanye, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, so like little things like that, I related to like those key points from Kanye. And I was like, uh-huh. you know what, like, this is really relatable, you know, even down to the polar bear sweater that I was wearing in, in my portion of the pic. Yeah, um, it was just kind of like all of that. I pulled that from Kanye. So, you know, yeah. those parallels, that's, that's where that came. Okay. And it seems as though he's able, no matter what the crazy shit he sometimes says, he's always being expressive. No matter if you agree with him, don't agree with him, um, if what he makes sense, or what he's what he's saying makes sense or not, he's always expressing himself. So I'm sure you could kind of relate to that too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important. It's important. To no, no, to definitely. Say what you need to say. Yeah. So, in your um, in the progress report about happiness. Um, so because of everything that's going on right now, um, quarantine, a lot, you know, a lot of states, a lot of places are still shut down and we have to stay inside a lot more often than we were before. Um, d- I, there was a part in that you said, um, I don't have all the answers, but whatever you do, find the source of happiness within yourself. Are you, I'm sure you're so relieved that you were able to find that before all this shit shut down. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was able to and then I lost it. Like, it was crazy. Talk to me. I lost it. So, I mean, when quarantine started, right? Like, or when the pandemic officially, officially started, like, I I remember everything right up until that point. And I feel like a lot of people do because it's a very (laughs) abrupt time in life for everybody. But when I had put that out, I was like, I'm on a roll. I put out therapy by design now. Um, you know, you know, I, I work at Apple part-time um, while finishing up my, my bachelor's degree right now and whatnot. So I'm busy between schoolwork and I got this good job at Apple and I'm a designer online and, you know, like people look at my work and they think it's cool and everything is going good. And then the pandemic starts and then like my life just changes because I went from having zero time to do anything on any day. And then like, I had to wake up and they like, wow, I have all this free time while the world's trying to figure out what's going on. And then I realized I'm like, wow, like I thought I was happy with what I was doing, but in reality with all this extra free time to think and not do anything at all, am I really happy? And then I realized mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, you're not as happy as you think you are. You know, mm-hmm. you have more work to do. You have, you have more things that you need to discover about yeah. yourself and you're not where you thought you were, you know? And I think that's normal because we, we I feel like we gradually, elevate to different levels of happiness as life goes on yeah we find new things that make us happy and whatnot yep. but yeah when the pandemic started it sh- it rocked me because I lost a lot you know not only with the, even back to the religion thing like 
not only was I attending church, you know, I was a, a musician in church, playing in church every Sunday. Like that was another source of income for me. And it wasn't about the money either, but that was it's just something routine else I too, did. Yeah. Yeah. So like when all of that stops and like, you're not playing in church no more, you're not going to church no more. And then like a third of your income is now just all of a sudden lost, you know, and mm-hmm. you have all these things you got to take care of. You got a card note and you're dating and you're trying to, you know, everything is going on. And you're just like, whoa, like my whole life just, yes. like, this is not what life was last week. And you have to no. readjust quickly. quickly. And I know a lot of people that lost themselves. Yeah. 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 So that is so Oh my God. That's so interesting because, so did you have, okay. So you said you were just running around working. So I think for true happiness, you have to have it within yourself first, because at the end of the day, this shit can happen. Look this. I think this is the first time we all have had to deal with this. You know what I mean? Where we really have to sit with ourselves and really look ourselves in the mirror, get to know ourselves because we can really, um, mask who we are with the things that we do. You know what I mean? Working, going to school, you know what I mean? Extracurricular activities. And then we can, like I said, we can mask how we feel based off of like the things that we do. And it's, it's scary. So, um, why the kid picture? Was that you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me. me. Um, because so, I never really, I never really acknowledged depression growing up and whatnot. Um, when I when I realized I was depressed, I was probably around like my freshman year of college, 2015, fall of 2015. Yeah. Um, and as time went on, like I just kind of became more depressed from a from just various circumstances. Mm-hmm. And one thing that stuck out to me is every time like I would see my mom or talk to my mom about anything, you know, like she would also talk to me uh, and, and try to kind of get to the root of what was going on with me. And I just never really opened up about anything. But one thing she always said to me and stuck with me, she was like, she was like, I miss my son. I miss when he used to smile. And she always says, even to this day, like she always says that to me. She's like, I miss your smile. I miss the happy you, I miss my son. Mm-hmm. and looking through like the photo album one and I was like I looked at that picture and that one stuck out to me because I'm like that was me when I was probably like I don't know like one two three I don't know honestly yeah. how that was um but I remember being a kid I remember those moments I remember being a happy kid and smiling mm-hmm. all the time and you know nothing was bothering me and so for my mom to say constantly to me I miss my son I missed when you smiled um that kind of tied it together with the happiness piece because mm-hmm. I was like you know if, if my own mother who I, you know would obviously know me better than anybody else in this world based on our relationship can yeah. look at me and, and often say that to me um I was like that picture meant a lot because that was a reflection of who I once was even though I was a, a, a child, child you yeah. know that that's still a reflection of of happiness yeah you know, I feel like that was the most pure form of happiness, being a child, not worrying about mm-hmm. anything. Like Not knowing anything. What do you yeah. really know? Yeah, like, no, you don't pay bills. You don't stress so, about, is, like, grocery Is that really or... happiness, though? Or or is that just adapting to what's around you? You know what I mean? Is that really happiness of not not knowing? I feel like in a way, because okay. I, I feel like your point is also valid as well, saying that it's an, an adaptation. Um, but as a child there are less there are less outside factors Mm -hmm. um 
that are directly affecting you in a way that you feel. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, I didn't have a car note when I was three, but I have a car note now. So when I wake up in the morning, my decision to work and do everything that I do is based on the fact that I have to pay for, yeah, like I got to pay for that, you know, and I got to do this and do that and take care of these Mm -hmm. things. I didn't have to really worry about that. Life didn't kick in. It was exactly, it it Mm -hmm. was easy as a child to pick up a ball and uh, just make up an imaginary game and just (laughs) be happy in the moment. I can't do that now. Like I I pick up a ball and I'm like, I don't have time to play with it. It's like, I need to go, like, I got to go work. I got to go do something. I got to like, do what I need to do for me like you I can't do that now you know so that form of happiness as a child was a lot more pure than it is now in my opinion okay I can understand that I could definitely understand that and that's why I wonder why more adults don't seek help as far as like healing because we all like even if you had the greatest quote-unquote childhood or anything like that life is hard you know what I mean? Life can be a motherfucker. You know what I mean? So I just think that that's why I just suggest therapy to just everybody, even if you don't think that you're truly or therapeutic practices. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's books that teach that there's things, you know what I mean? That if you feel like you can't or think you can't afford it or whatever, but um, I want to move on to um, you said something on that one. You said, do yourself a favor and shed your ego. Do you think the ego is the reason why a lot of men aren't seeking therapy or healing in general. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. You know, we're, we're living in this like social media technology based <laughs> age and um, everything is based on what you show people. Yeah. Image. You yeah. Know, people, yeah. And, and that's why I did therapy by design because I was like, I don't, care to show people what I have and and like nobody cares about that stuff at the end of the day ultimately like Mm -hmm. cool like yeah it's like post your Gucci belt that's nice you know I like the picture and then I don't care about it tomorrow and then if you wear it again I'm like wow that's the same belt you wore like nobody cares about little stuff like that it's Mm -mm. it's irrelevant but people care about things that actually impact them right yeah and so it was like that ego thing. I realized even with myself, I was like, yeah, I, I have an ego for sure. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was trying to present this image to the world. And then I was like, that's not who I actually am. Like I'm a creative and I'm a human being and I'm hurting and I'm feeling things and I'm going through. Like I had people DM me that wouldn't comment on the picture that would tell me like, hey, like I can't speak on this publicly, but the words that you said helped me recognize things about my own self so it was like people would come in private and talk to me about the work i did but they're they're not going to comment under the picture because it makes them look vulnerable so they don't want the world to know and and i never judged them for that but they didn't want the world to know that they were correct you know correct i i know people who you may be listening right now who shit on me so bad for always talking about therapy but dm me saying hey um what is that? What is a website that I could find, you know, a therapist? And, and I'm just like, we don't have to, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be scared. But the thing is, is that that's why I commend you as a black man, as a, do you, as a black man for, um, for talking about something like this. You know what I mean? So is this a conversation you have with your guy friends? Like, bro, like I'm hurting, I'm I'm depressed, I'm I'm anxiety or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> especially now more than ever. Yeah. Um, what I found with a lot of my friends, and what's crazy about that is I've gotten closer to some people um, that I wasn't close to mm-hmm. for various reasons. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, it'd be like coworkers and we'd be cool, but we're just coworkers. And then like the pandemic happens. And then like we start talking about like mental health there. And so like, and then we start checking on each other like, yo, how are you feeling this week? And it's like, bro, like I'm depressed. You know, I'm going through this, that, there, the other. And it's normal. And it's like, okay, cool. So like, what are you doing this week? And it's like, oh, I'm going to the gym this week. I'm doing this, that, there, the other. But it became, it became more normal to have those conversations oh. um, when the world slowed down because I feel like people started to realize, well, I have all this free time and I have too much time to think in a lot of cases. Talking to somebody, uh, which of course, you know, when you go to therapy, you're, you're talking, talking to yeah. somebody. But mm-hmm. even when it's like your friends and whatnot or, or, or associates and whatnot, you feel a sense of relief just letting somebody know. You know, I've had to let a lot of people know, even on a professional level, like, hey, um, just depending on the, the where we are with our communication and relationship, I've had to let people know, like, hey, like, this project understand that you want me to do this project i can't do that this week you, you know just for my own mental like i literally yeah. can't take that and i would love to but i can't do that you know and it's just what it is so um yeah i, I feel like that's that's that became super prevalent yeah you know, everything changed yeah like we're a lot more aware of our emotions and a lot, a yeah. lot more willing to um to express them and I think that's that's one of the good things that's come out of this uh, pandemic is the fact that I feel like we're getting to the point where we now understand the fact that we need to lean on each other. You know what I mean? We, we really need to lean on each other. And that, oh my God. And I remember when, the, when everything started, <clears throat> my anxiety was on 10 depression was on 10 everything was gloomy here in arizona where the sun is always out right cloudy and i was working overnight so i wasn't really seeing people i was sleeping during the day up at night so i wasn't seeing anybody streets were 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 closed and i was like oh my god the world is fucking ending but then i had to get to the point where (laughs) yeah like did you know that too yeah i remember that feeling yeah and i had to get to the point where like i had to put life into perspective and understand what's really important and what's not really important and um and sisterhood and brotherhood that's really what's important and we are who we need to count on in times like this because we're all going through the same thing you know what i mean um in the uh progress report about insecurity you talked about your low confidence and um that you are a better man today how were you able to gain confidence as a man because i only know as a woman we we do i feel like we do two different things so what were you able to do to get your confidence confidence. Mm -hmm. um man that one is deep i feel like i'm in a therapy session right now talking about all of this (laughs) you know it just is because it's 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 making me like pull and and go back which is fine you know okay okay that's kind of what it is which is cool but um with the confidence thing i mean or if you're not there yet it's okay or right now it's okay no, just I'm definitely there okay 
Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely feel like I'm there. I, I, I'll say this. I feel like I'm like 90% there, which That's is okay. a long way from like used to feel like I was like 40, 35%. Yeah. There. Um, the, the way I did that, you know, when I was growing up in like middle school and high school and whatnot, like I was the dark skinned, smart kid that got the straight A's and read books and like I, yeah. at lunch, I wouldn't sit at the table. With, like literally, I would know maybe one or two people from every single click you could think of that existed in a high school setting but I was never comfortable to the table because I never liked everybody at one specific table so like mm -hmm. I would like stand by myself at lunch I literally would not eat during lunch like it was crazy um mm -hmm. and that's just because how kids made me feel you know like I didn't my parents didn't believe in like you know spending money frivolously on clothes and stuff so, like I just kind of wore whatever like you know they would buy and I always had like my own sense of style or not but it was just like it was crazy because I even won best dress in high school but like and that was only two years after I had just got a job at 16. So that's 18. Okay, so you were able to job at 16. Your shit. Yeah, yeah. When I got a job at 16, I was like, I was working at Levi's back then. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to buy everything in the store. <laughs> and like, I started working at all the clothing stores I really liked. And I just started using them like whole paycheck. I wasn't saving nothing. I was just buying clothes, buying clothes. Yeah, buying you're clothes. like, I ain't feeling this no more. Exactly. <laughs> and um, it's sad to say it, but it's kind of like, it started with the clothes, I guess. You know, like once I started like being able to afford nicer clothes, I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm feeling myself, I'm mm -hmm. that dude. And then um, after that, after that, it didn't really change a lot for me. You know, mm -hmm. that, then I realized like, okay, well clothes don't really make you, material things don't make you. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to start working on myself and had to get out of my shell. Like I used to be a really shy person. Um, I will still walk in a room and just kind of like sit if I can and not speak to anybody if I can. But I have no problem getting up in front of that whole room at the same time if you have to put me in front of a podium and speak to them. I can do either or. But back then I couldn't do that. Like I had no, okay. I didn't know how to adapt to like people. Like I would shake and be afraid. Um, I really credit my confidence from a job that I got when I was like 19. Okay. And I started I working at Ashley Furniture. Okay. Um, so imagine me at 19 Were you years selling old, selling couches? furniture, everything. <laughs> okay. Everything. <laughs> I'm selling everything. You can't and be shy. Had, you can't be shy. <laughs> and the, the store manager was a black man. Uh, his name is Derek Mason. Okay. Um, and I credit him for, I want to say, saving me in that way because he gave me the opportunity to get at, at 19 years old. You know, I'm working with people that are like 50, 60, 70. They have their people that come in all the time and buy from them. Like, I'm fighting now, you know, it's like, I'm like a tadpole in a shark pool, yeah. you know, but I credit him for giving me the opportunity to, to work there for the, the year and some change I worked there. And he was more than just like, you know, my store manager, my boss, like he really took pride in me being a young black man. It was mm -hmm. me and some other uh, guys. I'm actually still friends with to this day, but he kind of took us all and was like, hey, listen, I'm a black man. I'm your manager. I'm everybody's manager, but you are a young black man and I need you guys to succeed and be successful in life. So he would like point out like our problem areas. Um, and me specifically, he would always tell me, like, yo, you don't know how to talk to people. Like you're too shy. You're too afraid of everything. You're too timid. And he would literally set up transactions. Um, like I might, I might be in the middle of a sale and he would take the sale over on purpose and just not let me say anything. And then like he would close the sale for me and he would do it to kind of like teach me things about how to be more interactive with people or just how to speak in general and yeah. how to not be so shy and timid. Yeah. And um, I really credit him for helping me become more confident because by the time I left that job, um, I left and I, I started at Apple shortly after that. 
And, um, you know, I was, I looked back and I was like, wow, like I really came a long way with this confidence thing. Like, yeah. I, can, I know who I am, you know, and that was the thing. I had to go to work every day, hold my head high and say, who are you today? You know, mm-hmm. are you going to let the world tell you who you are or are you going to accept who you actually know you are and walk yep. in who you know you are yep. and do what you need to do today so that, you know, you can survive tomorrow. Exactly. And, um, you know, that, that, that job really is what pulled me into that, yeah. that newfound level of confidence. Yeah. So I know I, I've never known what it was like to be quiet. Do you think that your way of being quiet or um, timid, do you think that has to that has to do with your? How am I asking this question? The way you felt the, when you verbalized the way you felt when you were a child was that valued by your parents, your elders? Um, yeah, definitely valued by my parents for sure. Okay, okay. Um, so where did the timidness yeah. come from? Oh, did you just say lack of? I, I think I've just always been like that. I mean, okay. <laughs> I I was the kid that, like I said, you know, I was the straight A kid and whatnot. Like, I just wanted, like, books from people. Like, church people would always give me books and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And they would, like, really encourage me. And, and you know, even when I was in, like, kindergarten, like, they would give me first grade work um, just just because I wanted it. So okay. I just prefer to spend my time, you know, doing like homework and reading and, and stuff. Okay. And okay. so I just never really wanted to socialize with other kids. And then growing <laughs> up, it just kind of backfired on me, I guess, because I never wanted to learn how to do it. So I just became that timid person. Like, it was like, I'm cool being by myself. Like, I don't really want to I mean, You found out, you're like, wait, I really got to interact with y'all? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just give, like literally I would like I would, if I ever got tense in a situation I would just yeah. grab a book and just like just start reading just start reading oh. and like like on the bus like just read a book like don't talk to nobody don't look at nobody um and I would do that because I had a lot of internal anger issues that I was dealing with and um okay you know, that would always be pent up and to this day I mean to this day I'm still like that um, really yeah that timidness just yeah yeah that timidness just came from that though I um I, I didn't like how kids treated me. So it was easier for me to just ignore them and just live in my own world. Yeah. You know, hence like my social media handle, Sire World. Like I look at myself as, you know, everything I do is is my world. Like I don't have to share my word with anybody, but I choose. Exactly. To. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah, that that's where that came from. So you said you have a little bit of anger issues. Are you able to express anger than any other emotion? Is that what you're um, with the anger issues, which, you know, I, I for sure still have, um, okay. I'm a very, for the most part, I'm a calm dude. Like, so it takes I'm you very a lot. Passive. It, it takes me a lot, but once you get me there, <laughs> it's, going. it's like, exactly. Mm. And, um, very few people have ever seen the worst of my anger, but the people that have seen it know how bad it can get. Like, I, I'm ashamed to say this. I don't even know if I should say this publicly. Um, no, I've already been dealt with about it. So I, it was this one time, like when the pandemic had started. Okay. And um, like I said, I work for Apple. So, you know, I'm at work and uh, we didn't know what was going on. So in the sense of everything was new to the world. Yeah. So we had shut the store down and it was like the last weekend before we were about to go home indefinitely. And um, I'll never forget this guy comes into the store and um, 
it, it goes back to the ego thing we were talking about earlier. This guy comes into the mm-hmm. store and he gets what he needs and he leaves. And I'm standing at the front of the store. My job is to like just make sure that nobody is willingly coming in and out. Like you gotta, I need to know why you're coming in. You have to have a reservation. It was it was very strict that very weekend. Very strict, yeah. And he came back and um he tried to like push past me. And I kind of stopped him and I was like, you know, politely, sir, just trying to ask, you know, what is your reason for returning? Is there something you need yeah. to pick up? Like, I can't just let you in the store. Yeah. And um, his ego got the best of him. And uh, he start he starts mouthing off. And I'm like, dude, listen, like, I'm from Please. Jersey. Like, I know I'm a calm, timid kid to you in your eyes, but don't push me. Like, I have a job to do today and I'm just trying to go home. So, yeah. you know, let's just communicate. Let me know why you're back. And um, he decided he didn't really want to communicate. And um, it it got to the point where, oh, no. you know, I tried to swing. I'll just say I I, I tried to swing on him. Um, <laughs> not just because, not just for no reason though. It was because he was mouthing off at me, and then he yeah. started like doing the whole macho man ego uh, thing, where he's like, "I'll do this to you and that too." Yeah, chest out. And I was out. like, "Sorry, like, yeah." It, it, I felt all the resentment from my childhood come up in that moment and I was like this is for all the people that like ever tried to disrespect me like that in my life (laughs) I was like this moment right now will happen and um you know it was like my good friends had to you know pull me back and it was like one of those real life like hold me back situations like that actually happened and um you know store management had to like they made me take a walk for like five minutes and you know, like I got dealt with and whatnot. And you know, I don't have a problem telling that story because it's it's funny to me at this point. But that that's how like no, and they and you know what's funny? They said I should have. What the? Fuck? And it was, yeah. But you know, I do my job well, though. You know, like I yeah. really do my job well. So they're like, listen, they're like, we can't have you, you know, doing that. And but it was that moment when I realized, I was like, this is what happens when you don't deal with your childhood Correct. traumas and Correct. your past. You take it out on people, you know, in the real world later on in life, and you yeah. potentially put yourself in bad situations. So, yeah. I'm like, this is from uh, from uh, for Philip from second grade. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Just like, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I completely under- understand what you're saying. And I have those moments too. I'm like, man, I want to stunt on this motherfucker that, that did this to me in third grade. I'm like, I'm remembering this. But like, yeah. w- we just got to just, you know, get it together. You know what I mean? Because that could have been a moment that could have lost you your job, maybe got you locked mm-hmm. up. You know what I mean? So yeah. we have to learn ways to not go from you know what I mean zero to ten but like you said like the ego when you get two men with 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 ego oh my god it is hell (laughs) scary he's a swole dude like he and I found out later like legally he couldn't hit me because I guess he's like a semi-professional like fight or something like that oh shit. like if he had hit me like it would have been that charge that people get where like their their hands are like literally licensed their weapons weapons. or whatever that's yeah called. yeah so but he was like ready to go and i was like dude like i'm ready too like it's i was like I'll, you were scared at all no when i'm what? when i'm like that's what i'm saying like when i get like that nothing you don't think bothers like, me. Uh... i don't fear anything yeah it's like we you can go i don't care how big you are we can go at it is it the blackout method I know a lot of yeah, people yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. All the way gone. Yeah, like, yeah. And all the energy, you know, it's like I'm gonna find a way to take you down. Oh, you know, Jesus. I'll I'll think about it later, but you know, right we now. We need this to is go on I'm the podcast. Do, so. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> we needed you on here. Cause I was I was scared that I wasn't gonna be able to find a guy that was open and willing to really talk about 
therapy or just just emotion and just feeling you, I was really scared I was like I really like I said I have three younger brothers so I'm really passionate about you know their mental well-being and um that's why this was a something that I really wanted to do and talk about but I was like I don't know if dudes are willing because like I said like you talk shit about me but then you dm me about therapy yeah. You get what I'm saying? Which, like you said, like, I'm fine with that as long as we get to the end goal of you being good, you know, but we needed you on the podcast. So I'm glad um, you did. Did you not connect? Your swing didn't connect. Well, I didn't get to swing because like uh, I, I, I brought my arm up and like it was like I said, like literally a hold me back moment where my good friend who like knows me, he's like from New York and I'm from Jersey, like I said, so we kind of relate on that. He knows, he's like, he literally grabbed my arm, <laughs> literally he grabbed both my arms and pulled them behind my back and was like, I'm not letting you go. Dude, until, yes. You know, yeah. He, and they locking so he, niggas he, up. Yeah. Thank you so much, Abel, if you're listening to me. <laughs> like thank but, you. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you, sir. Because yeah. Lord, oh my God. And then, yeah. so you're studying graphic design in school. I'm actually studying media entrepreneurship. Media entrepreneurship. Yeah, so it's a new major. Um, so really? it's, it's a bachelor's in, in, in interdisciplinary studies and the okay. concentration is media entrepreneurship. So basically um, my, my area of study is the design thinking process where you can either, you, you essentially learn how to be an entrepreneur, which is kind of, Backwards. I don't want to say stupid, but like, like you can't really like teach somebody how to be an entrepreneur, but you can teach people how to innovate. So you yeah. can be an entrepreneur where I can go into, you know, a company that already exists and help them develop a product within the company, develop yeah. my own products, um, but on a media-based level. And, uh -huh. and, I, and I did that because, you know, with me being a self-taught graphic designer, um, I realized like, obviously there are a lot of holes I can fill in this world yes. because there will always be problems. And yes. so, you know, learning how to identify those problems and test them and figure out new ways of um, bringing them to light and, and helping to fix them, that was important to me. And mm -hmm. I really want to do that based on, ironically, around therapy. And that's, like I said, that's why I started Therapy by Design, because I wanted to test it. I wanted to see, like, what will this do for people, if anything at all? Yeah. You know, I didn't, I wasn't getting anything out of it. I spent a lot of my own money on, I spent all of my own money on everything, you know, it was yeah. never, and it was never something I was going to get anything out of, except for just helping somebody. I was like, if I yeah. touch one person, I'm good. And um, I really tie that into like the things I learned in, in college and whatnot. And I'm actually wanting to take that further. Um, I'm trying to just find a way to merge elements of design um, or just creativity with therapy to help mm -hmm. people. Um, specifically, I, I really want to target, you know, of course, you know, black people, people that look like me. Yeah. Um, but I really want to help them find a way to receive the help that they yeah. may or may not know that they need in a creative way. Mm -hmm. So I'm testing a lot of things right now, um, trying a lot of different methods, jotting down ideas. Like I have some things in mind that I'm just kind of planning out and plotting yeah. uh, to do that hopefully will be out by next year or so. But um, okay. yeah, that's, that's how my major ties into all of this. Okay. Nice. So how do you balance work, um, working, going to school and your mental health? Like, is there a morning routine, night routine? Is there any, like, do you, what's your routine to, that you fit in to help you mentally? There we go. That's the question. That's a great question. Um, 
I'm going to be honest. I didn't have a routine before the pandemic. I just, I have, I'm very big on scheduling. Okay. So like my calendar, if it's not in my calendar, I'm not going to remember to do it. Just, I'm sorry. Like, it can be like, yeah, if it's not in my calendar, it's just not happening. But, yeah. um, I didn't really have like a, a, a routine before. Yeah. Um, when the pandemic started, after I had got over like being afraid after like two weeks of work, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, yeah, we're going to start getting up every day and doing this. And I had a routine for a little bit, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but now it's kind of different because, I mean, with everything being remote, you know, I just finished up my summer semester online. Um, yeah. I'm- yeah. So what's an Always Asia podcast episode without technical technical difficulties lord jesus my gosh so um guys uh connection was lost i had to wait a little bit just to um get everything converted but you were talking about um your schedule in school and we're talking about how you fit mental health um into your schedule yeah yeah um yeah so with that um I was saying that like I I didn't have a routine before the pandemic and everything and then like I tried one after it started Um, for a little bit but then then, like as we started just readjusting more and more to different things um, Mm -hmm. that changed up but I I find that in the midst of everything that I have going on and everything I'm doing the most important thing for me to do is just to take the time that I need to just breathe and, and center myself like a yeah. lot of times, stop in the middle of what I'm doing. And if I want an hour to myself, I'm going to give myself an hour and I'm not going to deprive myself of that because yeah. it's what I need. Um, you know, and in that hour, I might sit there and meditate. You know, I might do nothing at all. I might play video games for an hour. Um, I'll just do whatever I need to do in that hour to kind of just recenter myself um, and, and go from there. So, you know, that helps me with everything else because I know what I have to do when I get up. Like I know that I have to work from this time to this time. I know I have to do school work from this time, but it's just like taking that time outside of all of that um, is, is, is pivotal, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, like it's, it's really important to take time away from being a workhorse too. You know what I mean? Wait, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh yeah. I got you. Okay. I'm sorry about that, but it's definitely important to take time um, from mm-hmm. being that person, always doing something, you mm-hmm. know, like you have to stop and realize that you are a human being and that you will burn yourself <laughs> Yes. And uh, you'll, you'll end your life and then be like, wow, I didn't get to do like anything I want yeah. to do because I was just working. Yeah, because when people say the whole like, I'll sleep or um, I'll sleep when I'm, uh, when I'm dead or whatever, I'm just like, all right. Yeah. All right. Be careful what you ask for, <laughs> please, because you will die fucking around. You know what I mean? Not resting and not. So that's yeah, that's what's really important, I think, because I've met some college kids that have told me the shit that they've done to stay up to not. And they go through a lot of shit. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I happen to be going to school too. I'm going to be going full-time and working full-time and doing podcasts and everything like that. So that's why I'm wondering like, where, like, how do you do that? But you know, you got to find those pockets in between, whether it's yeah. 15 minutes or whatever. Sometimes I'll just go, I'll drive all the way to work, which is like almost an hour away and in, in silence. You know what I mean? Just so I can gather yeah. my thoughts, you know what I mean? So like, 
that's really important to do is just to find those pockets in between and maximize that by just being with yourself <laughs> and doing what the fuck you want to say play game play video games <laughs> yeah just something like you you have to you know you, it, it's it's important to break the even a lot of times people say they don't have a routine and and inadvertently it's like they'll say that but then when they really look at their life it's like you, know, you it kind is. of do a routine because you yeah. do the same thing every day it doesn't matter what order you do it in but you have to break away from the norm sometimes to kind of give your your mind like a jolt of of you know of energy or just like to just reset you know yeah. just tell your mind like hey like we're gonna do something that we're that we don't usually do uh during the day and we're going to do this for x amount of time because we need mm-hmm. to do this and if you don't want to do it oh well too bad because this is what yeah. we need so <laughs> yeah that's yeah. how i look at it because you'll 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 soon find out that you need that time but um we're gonna wrap up this episode sire thank you so much for joining me i appreciate you so much i hope that this conversation was beneficial to you just as much as it was beneficial to me and um we're gonna wrap it up so uh where can they find you what are your social medias yeah so on every platform i, I believe every platform i'm i'm really just on like instagram and twitter uh-huh. Um, C-I-R-E-W-R-L-D. So it's Sire Worlds. There's no O in the world. Um, you can find me there. And uh, currently that's, those are the only places that I'm located. Um, but mm-hmm. if you follow me there, um, just stay tuned for updates. Like I said, in the upcoming things that I have going on, because I'll be linking everything else I'm doing to those pages. So yeah, Sire yep. Worlds. There's no O in the world on both Instagram and Twitter. All right. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram as well at always Asia with two A's and on, on Twitter at always Asia with two A's as well. Um, I hope you guys have a beautiful day and we are out of here.